Welcome to Quan Order. Um, I'm you. one of your hosts, Tim Smith. And I'm Corporal Ryan Smith, Issaquah Police Department. Thanks mm-hmm. for coming. And joining us today is Chase Goddard, one of our uh, traffic officers. We thought today we'd talk about policing traffic in Issaquah. So, um, well, fun. so welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Thank Chase. You. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. So uh, first off, before we get into the details of traffic, let's talk about um, how long you've been with the IPD and where did you come from before? Um, just a little background about you. So uh, January will be five years with Issaquah PD, and I am a lateral officer from Georgia. Started uh, with a sheriff's office in Georgia in 2007. Oh, and wow. Yeah. So what was that like? What was it like policing in Georgia? So uh, where in Georgia? Uh, if, you know. Just northeast of Atlanta. Okay. With, uh, started with the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, which okay. is uh, I-20 due east of Atlanta. Okay. Yep. What brought you up to the Issaquah way? Uh, my wife and I came here for vacation and liked it. Went home and decided we'd rather live here. Saved up for a year and a half and moved. Nice. And here we are. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Happy with the move? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, beautiful place and a lot of really good people and um, completely different environment for policing as well. Um, a lot more of the community policing versus just call to call to call. Oh, okay. So that's really a good good change. It's really been a good uh, second half of the career so far. So. That's great. Yeah. And Isaac PD is happy to have you, so oh, I'm glad you came. You're just saying that. Uh, of course <laughs> I am. I'm still glad you came. Yeah. Brian's a nice guy. <laughs> I try, I, yes. yes, I am. I try to be. Yes. Um, so how long have you been in the traffic position for Issaquah? Uh So I was moved to traffic October of last year, 2018. Okay. So we, uh, there was, we had one officer assigned to traffic who was a motor, and that officer came out of um, motor position to go, uh, John Linder to go in to be our school resource officer. And then Matt Fulbright took the motor position and the city opened up two additional traffic positions, filling only one of them so far with me. So I do traffic in a vehicle and one of the black and white Tahoes. And then my partner, Matt Fulbright does it on the motor still. So there's two of us assigned to traffic. Nice, that's really nice. Big difference then from previous years before you came in of only having one, so that makes a big difference, I'm guessing. It is, and then the tasks that we're kind of taking over because it is two of us and not just one is handling the collisions, parking problems, a lot of stuff that um, Officer Linder just couldn't really do all by himself being the sole person and trying to take some of those uh, responsibilities and time, um, sometimes time-consuming things from patrol so that they're free to do other responsibilities as well. That sounds really good. Mm -hmm. How often is um, our traffic officers out patrolling? Is that a 24-hour-a-day thing? Is there specific times? Is it more commuter-type stuff? or Currently, with the two of us, we are kind of sharing like more of a commuter um, before commuting hours to after commuting hours, uh, occasional evenings, occasional weekends, just to have enforcement at different times and not just be Monday, you know, 8 to 5, you know that we're out, and before and after that, you know that we're not. Uh, so we do change it up a little bit. We do work some weekend shifts as well. So there is a presence as well, in addition to patrol and working traffic amongst their other duties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we, we are both assigned to four 10-hour shifts instead of the patrol working 12-hour shifts. Oh, okay. Um, what is, when you're out there, what is like the main focus for Isquad Police when it comes to traffic? It, it depends on the time of day. Uh, we have a lot of... Um, so for Esquad Middle, as well as the high school in the morning commuter, morning in and out traffic, as well as afternoon traffic getting in and out because Second Avenue and Sunset is such a bottleneck and thoroughfare at the same time. Uh, so trying to keep that calm, so kind of calming that area, the community center, uh, trying to keep some of the parking lots from being used to cut through and just being a presence. Uh, we kind of shift to some of the bus stops for some of the younger kids after that. Middle of the day, it's kind of everywhere. 
uh, you know, speeding, blocking, intersections, cell phone use, traffic control devices, making sure people are stopping intersections, not making left-hand, right-hand turns where they shouldn't, general speed. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a variety. And then the evening, you're kind of shifting back into just where we, we recognize where traffic is, where traffic is moving, and then monitor those areas and the directions it's moving to make sure that it's calmer, hopefully, is the goal. So, Had, I, To follow up with that, how do you handle, do you get traffic complaints or a way that you get things from other people in the PD that you can address as well if a citizen or, or a resident wants to, um, they have a concern in their neighborhood or certain areas? Occasionally people do just call in directly, um, okay. but what we do receive, uh, not as frequently as we were, which is good, and it seems to be a, a good sign for us, but uh, the City of Issaquah has a report of concern function, so you can go to the City of Issaquah website and select multiple issues, like if uh, you have something more of like an engineering problem or a roadway problem or pothole, you can report that. But at the same time, if there is a um, you know, like a nuisance noise or an intersection you don't believe is working efficiently that needs to be addressed by engineering or just a general speed concern, um, it can get routed by selecting the appropriate issue code or issue line, and it comes to us as well. So Officer Fulbright and I do address parking, reckless driving, speeding, um, as amongst, amongst other traffic-related issues. But yeah, so just... Online is kind of nice. So we do monitor those and start calls for them and respond appropriately as it's come in. So Excellent. Yeah. So uh, here's a big question for all the citizens. Where do you hide all the time? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. And, uh, the, um, <clears throat> most of my traffic enforcement, honestly, is in moving. Um, I, I do very little stationary. Um, one, for one thing, because I'm still currently in a fully marked black and white Tahoe, which is a gigantic vehicle and not really good to hide. Um, but at the same time, that's not really the goal is to catch people. Um, and, it's, and and people also do kind of learn different areas. And so it's just not, it's not an efficient way to police. And it's not the goal to just write 20 speeding tickets on one roadway every day. Um, so it's general movement. And then doing so, I'm, you know, I'm checking speed because uh, in addition to this piece of equipment, the LIDAR, uh, all of our vehicles have radar in them as well, which can get vehicles coming and going both directions in front of or behind me. And so as you drive around, you're constantly working the moving stationary radar mm -hmm. while you're moving in roadways, watching for vehicle movement, lane usage, come to an intersection, watch for traffic control device violations, cell phone usage, tab, you know, enforcement. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the type of, you can't get those and see those violations if you're just stopped mm -hmm. in a dark spot on the side of the road. So... So you were talking about radar. So all the cars have radar just always on? Or, um, or do you have to act, activate it? It, it is activated. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a, there's a module, there's two sensors. There's a sensor just inside the front windshield. There's a sensor just inside the back windshield. Oh, okay. And if those officers are choosing to operate it, then there's a control with on, on the console that has different modes, stationary mode, moving mode, front antenna, rear antenna. And so you have the option of which direction, moving stationary, coming and going, what do you want to do, and multiple lanes as well. Okay. Um, so it's pretty in-depth. I almost have to show you to really grasp it. But it's pretty, mm -hmm. especially in our newer cars, um, it's a very high-end piece of equipment. It's probably one of the best because uh, you can use it on multi-lane, very specific in what's coming and going to you. Um, the downside to that is it is get more difficult when you're working a multi-lane road if there's a lot of traffic. Uh, it's harder to identify where the violator would be. That's where the LIDAR being a laser is handy instead because it actually has a specific site that you put on the vehicle itself. So you recognize a vehicle is going above whatever the speed limit and and we're, we get really good we have to be accurate within five miles an hour through the certification of doing this is learning this vehicle is going too fast it appears to be going too fast we then confirm it with the equipment okay. um, but this piece of equipment is it has a site confirmed mm -hmm. it's a laser is very very accurate 
And uh, so that's why it's, this is good, but you have to be stationary to use it. Okay. Yeah, yeah so what, what's the reason for a, a LiDAR versus a radar gun or using the radar in the car? Uh, so the radar in the car is good, but it, you have to, you typically are, you're typically identifying violations three, four, five hundred feet maybe away from you, uh, where this one on long stretches, you're 14, 1700 feet away. Wow. So it's just, it depends on the roadway, you know, is it flat level? Can you see, how far can you see? Um, and, you know, is it an area where you have the ability, like, you know, 17th or East Lake or somewhere, you know, in the Highlands, you have a longer stretch. Uh, the other really good thing about this is too, uh, radar will be affected by power lines. So sometimes you may come into an area where radar, you will uh -huh. get a, a false reading on your radar equipment because of just the way the power lines function and that interference and you can't use radar. And so switching to a piece of equipment like a LiDAR is not affected. So mm -hmm. it's just another tool and, you know, different ways to use them. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So... Okay, what are some of the, the more common traffic offenses that you may see? Um, and then I guess the traffic offenses that you may see that people might not realize that they're doing? Uh, so sometimes people will, a common one is uh, you're making a right-hand turn or a left-hand turn, not turning into the immediate lane closest to the curbing. Um, that is a requirement. So making a, if they're making a right-hand turn and someone has a green light, they're almost meeting in that left-hand lane, not realizing they have to take that immediate lane and then when safe to change lanes to the right or to the left afterwards. Uh, that one's a pretty common one, especially doing all the collision investigation that we do. Having to explain that to people doesn't seem to be something that was understood prior. Mm -hmm. um, not blocking intersections, pulling into an intersection where you have a green light or a yellow light, stopping in the intersection, having it cycling to red, and then maybe at some point thereafter being able to clear the intersection, you're blocking the intersection. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a, a, a big issue that we have, front and sunset, front and Gilman, a lot of big intersections, uh, even 17th and Gilman on the west end, uh, where they pull into the intersection. And then with light cycles, you're blocking the opposing traffic. Oh, yeah. And it just turns into a downhill cycle of no one is able to go for those lights. Turns into people being frustrated, sometimes some horns, sometimes road rage. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one for us just because of the, the movement of traffic. Mm -hmm. And people are in a hurry and everyone's in a hurry. And then they get upset when they can't go and they have a green light. So that's a big one. Uh, as well as cell phone, we really are seeing still a lot of cell phone use. Uh, can't physically have the device in your hand at all. Mm -hmm. uh, two years ago, it changed from being you can't text. Now it can't be in your hand. Can't be in your hand, in front of you, speakerphone, to your head, to your ear. Mm -hmm. um, another really good one that's similar is you can't have any kind of headphones in it, 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 it of any kind. So headphones like big bulky ones like these, uh, little earbuds, iPhones, can't have anything in your ear that has the ability by definition to broadcast the radio, which is pretty much everything. Right. Um, so you see lots and lots of people with those yeah. in your ears. And when fire, you know, EMS, AMR, us are trying to move through traffic to get to an emergency and people are not hearing that, then that's you know, definitely a problem. Uh, so that's something we're still seeing uh, quite a bit of and people are just not aware it's not allowed. So will you, real quick, will you elaborate on, so when you talk about blocking an intersection mm -hmm. what about <clears throat> can you elaborate a little bit on the idea of what about the left turn if you have a signal you can take a left people will pull in the intersection then they yes. wait in the middle of the section then they turn left when it's opening can you talk about that and what the actual law says because a lot of people get stuck different type they might not be going straight to turn mm -hmm. left but they still get stuck or the light turns red they're in the middle of the intersection then they turn left and then there so can you talk about that a little bit yeah, about so what the law says so the law is for um roadway crosswalks sidewalks uh you can railroad uh, railroad crossings you can't enter onto that area where marked um if 
unless you have the ability to clear it and make it through the intersection. So if you come up to an intersection, left-hand turn lane, there's a white stop line, or it, it, some intersections may be worn down, but you can imagine where that stop line would be, where it would be appropriate, where your crosswalk and your sidewalk is going to be connecting to. You can't pass that until you have the ability to clear whatever intersection, sidewalk, crosswalk, railroad crossing until you can clear it because that's what happens, you know, whether, whether it be a train and they're coming yeah. through and they're not going to stop for you or it's just you're blocking the, the traffic and it's a slow speed and it's not really dangerous, but it's becoming more of a nuisance and a hassle and something that frustrates people. But yeah, so entering in, even if you're entering the, entering the intersection with a green light or yellow light and you feel like that should be legal, if you can't make it through that intersection and you have to stay in it because there's no room for you to move to on the far side of it and you end up stopping in the middle of it, we all know that it feels awkward and you get caught in that spot, but that's the issue that it's it's been, it's purposeful. Um, mm-hmm. It's every life cycle mm-hmm. um, in a lot of areas where it is you know, you have everyone coming off of I-90 and Front Street and, you know, Front Street at sunset and people, especially southbound, it's every light cycle, one or two cars blocking the intersection. And then your east-west or opposing traffic can't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just turns into a cycle of everyone blocking the intersection. Yeah. Thank you. It's just something I, I think we all see, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That left turn, I mean, yes. the straight, but also the left turn. Something yeah. that mm-hmm. I know all of us from people that live here and also work here and other mm-hmm. cops see it all the time. So yeah. just a little clarification on that. I think mm-hmm. it's good. So Yeah. And, you know, that kind of thing makes me think about um, crosswalks because it can be kind of vague. So if you have like, so you have four lanes, right? A four lane roadway mm-hmm. and um, car, your car approaching and someone is, in the far right, you're on the far left, and they've entered. Can you go through that crosswalk if you're th- three lanes apart? I guess what's the rules on on that? So yeah, once once that person enters into the roadway, they do have right of way within that within mm-hmm. that within the crosswalk to continue across safely. So you do right. need to stop. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so not, doesn't matter how crosswalk. many lanes. Doesn't matter how many lanes of of road. No. Okay. And, and ours, our widest is four lanes. And yeah. so, yeah, and that would be then probably in like Northwest Gilman, we have one. And right. a lot of those wider ones, they'll put a light in with it as mm-hmm. well. Um, but even if it's like two lanes with a center turn lane or mm-hmm. four lane road, yeah, if they're, if they're in the crosswalk, they have right away within that crosswalk, you have to stop. Even okay. and that's what you see people do. If they're, you know, they, they're in the far left lane lane, they're like, oh, I've got two lanes between us. So I'm going to go ahead and skirt through. And it's, it's still not allowed, even if it's not close. It's still, still not allowed for safety. There's reasons for it, so. Okay. Now, now, from the citizen's point of view, so we have a lot of those lighted crosswalks. Yes. So, um, so a car is maybe a car length or two away from the crosswalk. A citizen walks up, hits that light. They immediately think they're safe. Yeah, you still, you know, you still they, have a responsibility as a pedestrian to make sure the roadway is safe. So you, you do have authority once, you know, once you're stepping into the roadway as mm-hmm. a pedestrian, you have authority and the, the ability and for them to have to yield to you. Mm-hmm. But we do also, I mean, it's kind of hanging your own neck out there a little bit at that point you still have to make sure that you're safe you can't just come up if you use the button hit the button and walk in so have to make sure no one's you know coming right. um, but legally speaking once they do enter the roadway mm-hmm. um, and it is sometimes splitting hairs if you have a vehicle coming and they're 25 miles an hour and 25 and they're one vehicle length and someone mm-hmm. just hits the button stepped off the curb we have to have to make a decision if something occurs in that event or if we witness something mm-hmm. uh, so it's not quite black and white easy to say oh yeah they hit the button and they step on the roadway they have right away there's mm-hmm. more of a totality of the circumstances if we're investigating whatever it would be or if there was an issue um, mm-hmm. But yeah, once they do step into the roadway, you do have to mm-hmm. yield to them. But there is a reasonableness of a vehicle's traveling at speed, and mm-hmm. you step out in front of it, that vehicle's not going to be able to mm-hmm. stop for you. Right. So, right. Yeah. A little, just a little bit of. Yeah. Just, I you know, just have to use that safe I know judgment. earlier, 
Uh, just recently, there was a huge traffic I- incident on East Lake. Did you did you come to that? East Lake and Forty Third. East Lake and Forty Third. Yeah, the dump truck. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Can I you talk about that at all? Uh, so dump truck, uh, relatively normal size load of gravel coming down the hill. Lost all their brakes, all their air brakes, which affects the wow. parking brakes as well. Realized it at the top of the hill, coming uh, southwest bound on Forty Third towards East Lake, and did everything it could, shifting through the gears to slow it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't able to stop. Thankfully, traffic was light. There's no one ahead of him going westbound. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, right before he approached the intersection, a, a gentleman was going northbound on East Lake, saw the truck at the last minute, sped up a slight bit. The truck driver was able to barely just graze the passenger car, push them into the center of the roundabout, into the, the grass and planted area. Wow. And tried to navigate the turn, saw a pole, purposely drove towards the pole, hoping it would stop him because mm-hmm. he just had no other, no other options. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it turned into quite a big... He's lost all of his diesel. It took out a power pole, live wires. Fire department was concerned of a fire. And uh, they ended up tearing the whole front suspension out from under the dump truck. Wow. It was quite an event. But uh, all things considered, from that big, uh, I think, 56,000-pound truck with no load mm-hmm. and the fact that he was able to get it to stop with no one being hurt, it was uh, pretty pretty amazing. So Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, it was a big collision. Yeah, yeah. You see a lot of traffic accidents and stuff like that or you know as part of your job right yeah you so know? we, we pr- if we're on duty we do try to take the both collisions and parking problems and anything traffic related traffic hazards broken down vehicles uh, those t- reckless driving impaired driving calls um, anytime it's motor vehicle movement roadway related we do try to take best those calls best we can mm-hmm. uh, patrol dilts does still take them if we're not on or if we're busy or tied up um, doing anything else because um, sometimes it's hard to just get to everything but yeah that's our primary concern and the primary uh, goal is to take those responsibilities mm-hmm. away to just alleviate that so patrol has other time to focus mm-hmm. on other issues so here, let me just so as a citizen who's been pulled over <laughs> um you know how, what how many times only <clears throat> a couple okay. only a couple and my story was really good because i didn't get a ticket I got a warning. Mm. I didn't get a ticket. Okay. So that kind of rolls into my question. So you pull somebody over. What is the funniest, silliest, most ridiculous, or just like, you know, story or excuse that you get? Or, or typically what? Or typically how does people react when you pull them over? Are they angry? Or, or do you just get the gambit? Do you just get the gambit? Occasional angry, um, but honestly, for the most part, and, and I think it kind of speaks to the community and some of the surrounding communities, most people just say, okay, mm-hmm. or I didn't realize it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people thank me, and it sounds ironic, but a lot do. Um, you know, I occasionally have someone, oh, I have to use a restroom, or my kid's screaming, I'm just trying to get home, or, or whatever it would be. Um, or, or if it is something like headphones or cell phone or blocking mm-hmm. something they I didn't realize I was not allowed to do this. Um, but I, I do feel like most people do either say, hey, it was an honest mistake, I didn't realize it, or just simply apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, if it's traffic on 17th and they've been stuck behind a, a slow truck on 900 all the way from Renton, they finally get a chance to hit 17th and they wind it up into the 60s and it's a 40 mile an hour zone and they're just like, hey, I've been behind this truck for like seven miles. I'm sorry. I've just, <laughs> I'm just done with it. Yeah. And, some, and you do get just a lot of, I think probably 80%, 90% is just mm-hmm. honest, like, I'm sorry. You got mm-hmm. it. So Okay. Yeah. I always thought that, so, so this was going to be my excuse. I was wondering if it would work. So I got pulled over once, and I did get a ticket. I was trying to catch uh, a ferry up in Anacortes, and I was late. So, and, and there's, the, there's this hill, and they get you every time, right? And so I was like, well, what if I jump out and say there was a bee in my car? <laughs> I 
<laughs> I would say it's not a good idea. Don't jump out of the car. You know, well, I pulled over. I pulled step. over and I was going to say, okay, yeah. everybody jump out of the car and say there's a B. I didn't. Would mm. that work? I, that's. I would highly. <laughs> run around crazy a like one. there's B. I, I would say the best thing <laughs> is for anyone to do is stay in your vehicle okay. and wait for the officer to approach. Yeah. So well, please do not do take yeah. do not take Tim's advice on that. Yeah, one. So I said I, everybody. I, I don't I don't hear a lot of good role models. And stuff okay. Being set right now. Okay. Well, everybody. Children. It was like me car. and my wife. Oh. <laughs> okay. right, I, did, I didn't do it. I just thought it just I just tried to get creative. It yeah. didn't happen. You, I mean, it just it just depends. I guess if you make them laugh, they may say, "All right, you know, just get you out of it." That would have been the idea. I'd just be dancing on the side of the room. I don't know. <laughs> I might have pro- probably taken it for other observation or something. <laughs> get involved from a traffic stop. Yeah, <laughs> probably not before. the best thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often does that happen? An escalation from a typical traffic stop. It depends on the community. In this community, not. Not nearly as often. Uh, on the East Coast in Georgia, about one every 10 traffic stops, if you were really doing traffic, typically about one out of every 10 contacts, someone was going to be taken into custody for one thing or another, whether it's license or a warrant or narcotics or something um, criminal related, not just and in this state, it's civil in Georgia, everything's criminal. There's no civil infraction and criminal infraction oh, okay. difference. Here, speeding, seatbelt, traffic control device is all a civil infraction where it's nothing you would go to jail for. You're not giving a court date. You're given 15 days to respond to court mm-hmm. or criminal offenses like DUI, reckless driving, suspended license, uh, first, second, or third degree. They're criminal offenses and you're actually given a court date and or taken into custody depending on the circumstances. Oh, okay. um, DUI, I think I should have said that one too. But yeah, so yeah. It, just, it just depends on the, the circumstances. And yeah, in this this state, not nearly as many events that come from traffic, but mm-hmm. it also depends. I mean, a lot of what we do is daytime thoroughfare commuter traffic. Um, you know, if you're making traffic stops at 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning versus 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you're going to have a completely different person possibly right. that you're contacting. Right. So, and that changes a lot of what we are doing day to day versus mm-hmm. what it can be. Because uh, okay. traffic stops are one of the more dangerous things you can do because if mm-hmm. it's someone from some other state or some other place in the state, you have no idea who that person is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of unknown factors. Yes. Yeah. yes. So how long, so how long do you, are you a traffic, is tra- going to be a traffic officer for Isquad Police? Is, is, is that cyclical or is it by choice or? Uh, I think it does, it is subjective a, a little bit, but the rule of thumb, I believe, from my position is a three-year, where our motor position is seven. Okay. Um, there's more training just specific to the motorcycle itself mm-hmm. as to why that's a longer duration. But I think some of that is subjective into how many people within the department are interested in it. There's mm-hmm. three positions. You have three people in it. One person wants to come out, and nobody wants to go in, and they may not move anyone if there's no one that wants to move into it. I think it's that's kind of really based around just being fair so that people have an opportunity to participate mm-hmm. in the position. But if you know if no one is interested, then it just depends on when that time comes around. But, yeah, typically every it's three years with an option to extend to four, I believe, if we like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it would be another Almost, almost, almost three years, oh. which it, it's good that they do kind of make it a little bit longer uh, just because there's a lot of specific training for collision investigation, advanced roadside impaired driving enforcement, uh, which is A-Ride. And A-Ride is kind of the intermediate between normal as well as DRE, which is um, you're going to be your DUIs. A, lo- a lot of DREs or state patrol where they're drug recognition experts and they're oh, okay. able to look at signs and symptoms of drivers and say, you know, it's a stimulant, it's a depressant, whatever that's going to be that advanced uh, DUI and impairment. 
um, where we're the a ride is a little bit intermediate in it and those are not short trainings and so by the time you get someone train them all the advanced collision investigation advanced impairment you know just you really get your head around what you're doing and more in depth in the laws and to move them out is not really an efficient way to function so mm-hmm. yeah oh. great oh that's amazing I mean, there's so much to try. I mean, you know, just as a just as a layperson, I always think, oh, traffic officer, these gets the duty. Didn't realize there was so much training and and effort put into all that all that stuff that gives you the skills and the ability to do that job in such a holistic and complete way. That's that's really really inf- great information. Yeah. Well, I think I think too, <coughs> I think too with our special positions at the size department we are, and if it's traffic or whatever. You know, there's a reason why there's a rotation. Again, he kind of hit on it. It's that, you know, making sure it's fair. People get the opportunity to try out these positions. Because mm-hmm. really, I think it's a it's a huge, it makes a huge impact on your career. You know, and for Chase, you know, working traffic, the next step, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it just makes you become more of a well-rounded officer. So I think it's awesome. We have awesome guys like Chase Goddard. <laughs> Goddard, That's just right. kidding. We had to say that <laughs> loud. Um, we have officers like this that, you know, they just make a huge, huge impact on what they're doing daily mm-hmm. at patrol or specialties. It's so awesome. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. You're very kind. Yeah. Citizens of Mexico, I thank you. I think, well, I think I want to get pulled over by you. <laughs> Are you sure? No, I don't. don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. And I won't yell about a beat. Yes. I won't. Do just <laughs> stay in your vehicle. I will stay yeah. in my vehicle. Stay in your vehicle. I will apologize for any infraction that I did. I will turn directly into my lane. I will not. <laughs> That's good. Good job. Dot all my I's and cross all my yeah. T's. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, you know, it was a great conversation with you, Chase. I really appreciate you coming on Quan Order. Is there anything going on with you, Ryan, and coming up with PD in general over the next couple of months um, that uh, you want to talk about, maybe, maybe before we head out? Yeah, I think the big, well, Sam and Days, of course, is coming yep. up. Uh, mm-hmm. First weekend of October. Mm-hmm. That's our big event. It's the 50th anniversary. So wow. I think it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's always a big event. I think it's the largest, you know, festival in Washington. Yeah, it's uh, so we, yeah. for us as PD, you know, we everyone basically works that weekend. Yeah. And some, how many some have you done, Chase? Oh, this will be. I think this is my fourth. The way that my years fall. Okay. Yeah. yeah so everyone's nice. well. Some of the new officers haven't yeah. experienced very few. Yeah. Uh, but it's all all hands on deck festival. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up. Uh, we should have the National Coffee with the Cop at the beginning of October as well. Okay. Um, to be determined where mm-hmm. exactly but mm-hmm. it, that's i think october 2nd is the the national day okay uh, that's a busy then, week for you yeah it always ends up mm-hmm. so and then parent project starts october 10th oh that's right so mm-hmm. my next my next class is october 10th so okay which all right at the beginning of october that's right and if you're interested about parent project our previous podcast we talked about parent parent project in depth yep um so you can check that out with the previous one yep well, Chase, once again, thank you very much for joining us on Quan Order. Thank Ryan, it's always a pleasure. You too, Tim. And All thank right. you, Chase. We appreciate you. Yeah. Right. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. Right. See you later. <laughs>